Hey everyone, welcome to episode 57 of the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host Stevie Taylor, welcome to the show. Man, always good to have you here. Now, um, if you are looking for other podcasts to listen to, because I listen to podcasts, I thought I would tell you a few of the podcasts that I like to listen to and they're similar similar sort of fields um, to what we're doing here on the Gig Life Podcast um, and I, I get inspired by these people. So I hope you go and check them out. So don't give up your day job. Now that's with um, Danny McCrum and Bobby Kennedy in New Zealand and they talk to artists and professionals and musicians, industry people and, and sort of you know, get their take on things. Um, there's the Guitar Speak podcast with Matt Wakeling. Um, Matt speaks to guitarists and reviews gear and, and just does really cool guitar stuff. Um, the Deconstructed Drummer podcast with Jeff Dukakis. He talks to drummers and, and really digs deep and analyzes them. And um, he's yeah, a very smart guy, Jeff. And another one is the New Zealand Drummer podcast with Andrew Rooney. Um, he's doing that over in New Zealand. Um doing cool things. So yeah, links to those are in the show notes. So um, go check them out. Anyway, on with the show. Today is drummer, band manager, entertainment agent, and entrepreneur from Sydney, Emilio Panetta. Growing up in a strict Italian family, for Emilio to be able to play drums on tomato sauce day, he would steal the empty foam tomato boxes, hide them down the back of the yard, and use tree branches as sticks to practice. Now, after completing a carpentry trade that he never really wanted to do, music was always the dream. Having played with and managed a bunch of bands and artists, including Buddy Holly Show, Roachford, Jess Melboy, Shannon Knoll, he now owns and runs his very own entertainment agency, EP Entertainment, as well as still playing drums in his band, Soul Nights. A husband, a father, with another one on the way, and on top of that, he just bought a coffee shop. So how does he do it all? I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. It's the very cool Emilio Panetta. Cheers. All right, I think we're rolling. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast, Emilio Panetta. Thank you for having me, How Steve. Did I get the last name right? Perfect, mate. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> nice tang there, mate. Been practicing all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we finally made this happen. Um, I have to apologise for cancelling the last two weeks. <laughs> it's you all know, good. life. Things happen, Things mate. happen, man. But here we are, and it's, it's cool to cool to sit and hang with you, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You got a lot going on at the moment, eh? Sure do. You just bought a <laughs> bought a coffee shop. Bought a little espresso, espresso place, place in yeah. um, in Dremoyne, yep. which um, great coffee, good food. Yep. Homemade food. Yep. Um, the wifey cooks a bit, um, and then I've got a cook that uh, cooks food, pastas, and sang- makes all the sandwiches and stuff like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. 
good vibe, good little place in Des Moines. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did that come about? Um, what was the mindset? What were you doing when you just decided, shit, I'm going to buy a coffee shop? Oh, look, bar. I've always, you know, loved music. I love businesses. I love um, being in business. Yeah. And it was just something that I wanted to get my wife involved in, okay. you know, just to make her feel like, you know, being a mother, sometimes it's good to actually step outside being a mum and, you know, go and do a nine-to-five job even though she had it for a long time. Totally. I, I think it was just a good mindset for her and I think, it, you know, um, it was something that was for herself and her own doing and, yeah, let's put something together and, you know, call a bar of millions. <laughs> nice. yeah. How about your timing though? Like you got a one-year-old and you got a newborn <laughs> coming in a few months. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, funny enough, we actually signed yeah. – um, the day we signed the contract was the day we found out she was pregnant. Before or after? No, the actual day we signed. So we, she wasn't feeling well, so we went to the doctor's after. After, we, after you signed? After we signed. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so, laughs> That's awesome. And then uh, we found out she was pregnant and um, you're not going to believe it's actually a boy and it's the first boy in the family. So oh, we're right, okay. quite stoked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So Good, good stuff. Yeah, nine nieces. So it's uh, wow. the first boy, so we're going to keep the Panetta... Panetta name alive, I suppose. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, man. So let's um, let's roll back, right back to the early days where it all started for you. Um, Italian. Yep. Um, were you S- Sydney born Italian? Yeah, Sydney born. Yep. Yep. Um, your mother and father from Italy. Yeah, from and, Italy, and then moved moved here. M- moved here to Sydney. They were from Calabria, mm-hmm. um, and basically farmers. You know. Working in the farm, growing flowers, um, vegetables, and stuff like that. So yeah, come to to Sydney, and um, you know they worked quite hard to grow flowers, and and um, and obviously made it a, a full time job, and uh, you know brought five kids up, and yeah, the rest is history. I suppose we've all grown up and pursued our own careers. Right, that's yeah. awesome. So what made them come here in the first place? Um, I think Dad. Wanted to, you know, have a, a better life for, you know, mum as well. And I think, you know, having my older brother John and my sister Marie, I think they just, you know, the education in, in, in Australia was a lot better. And um, obviously they just wanted to set, you know, come to Australia and set a new life for them and a uh, new journey, I should say. Mm. And uh, it's been fantastic ever since, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm actually – I don't know – what the real reason why they they came, but I know that Dad, you know, said, "Look, it was, a, it was all about the education and coming to Australia." You know, so yeah, that's cool. Now, music and family? Uh, no, not no, at all. No, not at all. Actually, um, they they were quite against it. Actually, mm. yeah, they did, they didn't really. Um, music is sort of like a bit of a hobby. So I think they're just hardworking family that worked. You know. Instead of nine to five, they would do, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. So, yeah, mm. uh, workaholics, I should say. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So how did that music bug start for you? Um, did you see somebody playing or did you hear something? Was it the visual, seeing a band, seeing a drummer? Yeah, it was a little bit of both, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Being in the Italian community, we obviously there was a lot of weddings and um, mm. you'd have your seven, 800 people turn up to these old wedding receptions like Festival House, Concordor, um, and and um, 
if you if you ever wanted to know where I was on the night, I'd be sitting behind a drummer, and I don't know what it was, but I was intrigued by it. I'd sit behind these drummers and just watch them, you know. And even if they were playing Italian music, or even if they were playing anything, I was just mesmerised by them, you know. And and um, I think it started from that, you know. I'd just watch these players play, you know. Didn't even know what they were doing. I was just watching, and it's you know, I kind of thought, you know, wow, this is cool, and. I think it just all started from that, you know. Do you know any? Do you remember who some of those drummers were that you were watching? Any no. of those, guys, those people we might know? No. no. To be quite honest, no. I, I, I don't. I actually don't even remember their names. But um, you know, I would have been about seven or six or seven years old. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Yeah. They were probably, um, you know, obviously session musicians back in the day. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure of their names, unfortunately. Um, now tell me about tomato sauce day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, growing up in an Italian family, you know, mum and dad would always make everything fresh and produces and, you know, make, make the sauce, um, the salami, you know, the, the, the olives and you know, the sun-dried tomatoes. And then um, so one day I, um, they were making it was sauce day and I, the, the, the tomatoes came in these uh, foam boxes. So I took them off them. Uh, once they emptied all the tomatoes and um, I hit them at the back and then um, I started started getting these boxes and, and getting some tree uh, sticks and putting it together and started playing as I was playing in a concert and because we had a uh, – it was a bit of a hilly backyard. Uh, it was co- quite a big backyard because it was um, – we used to grow flowers there. So I'd, I used to just sit on these boxes and pretend I was playing in a concert <laughs> and I was constantly – Practicing on these boxes. Well, I thought I was playing in a in a, in a concert, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I just started loving it and just practicing and didn't know what I was practicing, but I was just playing. You know, it was mm. great fun. Yeah, so I think that's where it all started from. You know, right? Did your parents know you were doing that? No. Yeah, really? not at all. How do you keep that quiet? Because oh, you had a massive, massive, massive backyard, yard, right? Okay. Massive backyard, right? And it was. I get to see you running down with these boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember taking these two boxes. Actually, never forget that day. And he had some black plastic, and I I used to hide them. This black plastic. I n- I never forget that day, and um, and it was it was one day that um, one of um Dad's good friends um who also uh we used to sell flowers to, was also a drummer that I didn't know. Mm. And uh, he one day happened to come up the back with Dad and obviously Dad had noticed that I was playing on some boxes and his name was George, George Sacosta actually. He um, had a flower shop on Delhi Road in North Ryde. and he said to Dad, this, this kid, he, can, he loves this, you know, needs to play, he needs to play. And, you know, being Dad, he's like, oh, no, no, he's got to go to work. Don't worry about it, he's got to go to work. So I think it started, that's when it kind of started uh, getting into my body, like this is what, this is what I want to do. Almost a rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I actually, yeah, I did. I thought, you know what, no, I, I, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And I think it just started from there, you know. Right, so how did you go about doing it? Uh, I, I think um, I kept on, on um, practising on these boxes and then one day George said, oh, come to my house and, you know, I've got a drum kit and you can start playing. 
and, you know, I remember Dad was like, no, no, he doesn't need to come. You know, he's got to work. He's got to get a trade and, you know, he's young. And anyhow, it so happened we, we ended up going to the house and, you know, I just started playing on this drum kit, you know, and, and George was convincing Dad, you know, you've got to let this guy do it. You really need to let this guy do it, you know. Um, and then secretly, uh, you know, at school there were school plays and I started jumping into these plays and, you know, oh, cool. getting lessons um, from from school. Um Obviously not knowing much and trying to get involved with the school players and try to get involved with, with with teachers from the school. Did Dad know you were doing that? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. So what I was doing was I was working at the service station at Caltex. Obviously I was a bit older then and I was getting some pocket money and I was trying to get some money to, to have some lessons and stuff. Mm. I was always short but, you know, yeah, right. you'd ask your, your siblings, oh, extra 20 or extra 30 or, you know, that's that's kind of where it started off. Yeah, so. So you got those lessons and then was it out the back, back out to the boxes or? Yeah, it was. Yep. Um, obviously, Dad wouldn't let me buy a kit. Right. He was like, nah, you need to, your trade, your trade is your most important. You need to be a carpenter. You need to go and do building, you know. So um, he told you it had to be building. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He was quite strict with that. Okay. You know, you need to take a trade on. You need to follow your, your older brother because my older brother's an incredible builder and, yeah. um, so I had to kind of follow that that footstep and um, it just happened from school. You know, I was getting lessons at school and, and then um, all of a sudden, you know, years went by and I, this thing was just, it was just running through my body. Like I just, I, ne- I need to do this. This mm. is, you know. So um, he was never lenient. Oh, look, I'm going to give you money for, drum, uh, for a drum lesson. But he obviously he'd give you money as, you know, a father would to a son, you know. Yep. So, you know, there was weeks where he'd give me some money and any money I'd save and I'd go and do a lesson. I'd go and grab a lesson, go and grab a lesson. Years went by. Um, I started saving up, working at Big W, you know, uh, pushing trolleys, you know, yeah. doing all these odd jobs, awesome. you know, uh, helping my older brother on a weekend. Um, and I saved up, you know, and bought a little kit. I can't remember what, how much it was, but mm. it, was, it was quite cheap but mm. obviously expensive for me at the time. But right. um then I just started getting some lessons and, you know, um, working, you know, and years went on and working again and saving and, you know, uh, getting more lessons and started getting involved with this. And then um, a guy by the name of Wilson who's uh, an incredible singer-songwriter now, he's, he's in the scene actually. We both, uh, he's also a drummer, so we both got to play on some school musicals and stuff like that. And then it became this thing where, you know what, I, this is it. This is what I'm doing now. You know, I want to be a drummer. I want to. I want to play drums. And um, yeah, it started from that, <laughs> and it just kept on snowballing after. Yeah. 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 So, who were the some of the drummers you're listening to? Um, I was a massive fan um, of John Blackwell. Um, I loved Prince, um, but I also grew up because my parents, uh, not my parents, but my brothers and sisters, always had so many collections of vinyls, you know, from Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, mm. you know, uh, Guns N' Roses, ACDC. So I was mm. always listening to all the drummers. Um, mm. But <laughs> funny enough, Bon Jovi, um, Tico. Oh. <laughs> Tico Taurus was like a drummer that I was like inspired by it when I first started. Yeah. And I always wanted to be him. So yeah. <laughs> when I was practising on those boxes and to a, a real drum kit, it was like, you know, this is what I want to do and I want to, I want to be like him. Yeah. So it all started from, you know, those vinyls and listening to 
good drummers like himself, but, you know, um, it was all sorts of music. Motown, it was everything. Everything yeah. that you could possibly listen to that um, my, my brothers and sisters had, I was listening to. So, And I probably didn't even know any of the drummers. I was just, okay. oh, yeah, that drummer's great, just the you music. know. Yeah, yeah. Just the music. So, yeah, yeah. it was, um, yeah. <laughs> what about school bands? Yeah. Apart, apart from, like, school production stuff, but... Yeah, getting to, into school bands like with your mates and yeah. doing that kind of scene. Yeah, there was a, a an original band we put together with a guy named Andrew Peters, um, and we called it "Where's Uncle Bob," uh, and it was a, a, a folky style rock band that um, was was kind of something that we you know started putting together and started playing on the weekends and um, in between school breaks, lunchtime. So all the kids would be playing on the you know, on the paddock for lunch and, you know, hear us four blokes just, you know, practising inside this uh, schoolroom. So, yeah, th- there was a there was a, an element there of time where we just, you know, were playing some original stuff and that's how we started being in bands and, um, yeah, it just um, I think that's how it all started too, you know, mm. so. Now, when did the – I'll get into this early. When did, when did the business side of things start to switch on for you because – Mm. Was it around that time? Were you were you starting to see? You know, explain. explain I, I, to me. I, yeah, it's it's was a, it bit, a little later on. It's a bit tricky. Was it a bit later on? Mm. Um, when I started um, knowing you can make some money out of this um, um, as a full time job, and you can get you know you can get paid, and you can go to work, and you can you can do what you love. Mm. I think things started changing, uh, and it's like I. I started getting paid for some cover gigs um, mm-hmm. by this guy Wilson, who is a dear friend of mine, and and we we started doing cover gigs, and you, you get paid, and I'm thinking, okay, I, this can be a job, you know, mm-hmm. and it just started happening where a gig was coming, that gig was coming, this gig was coming, and we it's just you know it was just rolling, and then I thought, okay, cool. I think I need to set some sort of a business here because this is mm. something that I can do and I actually love doing it. And it, it actually started from that, you know, after the first couple of cover gigs because before that I was in this original scene, you know, with that band Where's Uncle Bob? Yeah. And we started playing at these venues like Iron Duke Hotel, yeah. the Annadale Hotel and, yeah. and you, you were playing to no one. So you, you ain't getting paid. And obviously, you know, at the time Dad was thinking, okay, this guy wants to play drums but he's not even getting money for it. You know, what's what's happening, you know? So, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much where it was going. Yeah. Um, did you start working a normal sort of nine-to-five job once you got out of school or were you starting to – was this was this cover band happening while you are still at high school perhaps or late high school? Yeah, it, it was late high school but then when I had left high school um, – I ended up taking my trade. Oh, you did? Okay. I ended up doing a trade, right. a carpentry trade, yep. and working for my brother. Yep. I absolutely hated every single day. Oh, really? I hated it. Yep. I didn't hate the fact that, you know, I was working for my brother. I just hated that I didn't want to be in the building game. I, just, I was kind of forced to do it, you know. Okay. Um, so every night I would be practising yep. and on the weekends I'd be – if I wasn't playing, I'd be practising. So that's, I think, where it's it kind of – Started, you know, so yeah, because that's a long time four years would have been a four year trade, yeah, yeah, that's a long time to be in something that you don't want to be in, yeah, eh? 
yeah, that's, definitely. That's really tough. It was. <laughs> um, now, was your father starting to get a little bit sort of lenient with, you know, letting you play drums more and was he, when was he starting to see that, that you were starting to make some money from the cover thing, you know? As soon as the cousins called him and said, oh, did you see your son this morning on TV? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, it was kind of years went by, you know. Right. So I was in the, 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 the circuit for a bit and playing, you know, with guys with Winnie and Hunger from yeah. Sweet As who, yeah. you know, dear friends of mine who, you know, I, I have to thank for everything they've done for me, you know, how they got me in this industry and what they've what they've done to me and what they do to other people is just amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, they help yeah. everyone and yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but um, I think once I started playing with Sweet As and I was one of their permanent drummers, um, I think Dad started, he was more lenient. He was like, okay, he's making some money. Then I ended up doing some stuff with a Buddy Holly musical, mm. which was great, and we're touring that around, and we did some couple of show appearance, uh, TV appearances, and I think Dad went, okay, he's obviously loving this, you know, he's obviously loving what he wants to do, and he wants to pursue this. But you know, he's, he actually sat me down. He said, all right, you you, you are you um, finish off your trade, and if you want to do it, you know, that's up to you, you know. Yeah, right. So. You know, again, it just kept on going like that, you know. Yeah, my, my dad was, was like that too with us. Um, it was, I mean, I, I, I've never, I don't think I ever had that um, thought that I would do music full time ever. Oh, okay. not, not until I was sort of much older, you know. Wow. Um, but it was always whatever you got in your head, you do your trade first because yeah. you've always got that to fall back on. Yeah. You know, it was... You know, I'm still doing that trade today. Yeah. And I still love it. So it's just still good. love it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, the Buddy Holly story, how did that come about? Uh, a guy by the name of Eric, um, a guitar player that actually got me, he's the musical director, um, and we were doing a cover gig um, in King's Cross and uh, one of the guys said, oh, who's that drummer, blah, 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 and it all just started from that. You oh, know? cool. And they said, oh, you interested in coming to trial out? And I said, yeah, I'll come. I'll come and have an audition. And um, a few drummers went and auditioned and I got the gig and, yeah, we did three months um, yeah. and it was fun. It was, it was great. It was an awesome experience, you know. A national tour, was it? Uh, we only did um, – we did Adelaide, Perth, Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. Right. It was really good, you know, um, playing every night. I think you had the Monday off and it was just – it was, it was a full-time job, yeah. but doing what you love. Right. Waking up in the morning and, you know, practising on your pad for the show for the night. It was just great. I loved it. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Who were some of the guys in that band? Um, Eric was the um, was the MD. The other guys I didn't really know. I don't um, – there was a guy named Arthur on bass. Um uh, some other guys that mm. they're, they're obviously not in the scene that I've been working with, okay. so they were kind of new to me. Yep. Um, and to be quite honest, I can't remember everyone, <laughs> but yeah, but right. they they were great musicians, you know. Yeah. Um, um, a guy named Richard was was Richie Valens, which did a great job, and yeah, there was just there were so many people in that in that production that I can't remember them, but awesome, awesome. Awesome bunch of crew, you know. It was good fun. Right, and was that um, was that a reading gig? Um, it started as a reading gig, yep. and, and to be quite honest, I'm not a reader, you know. Um, 
So it was quite hard for me. Um, yeah. However, you know, I kind of had the ears and I was like listening yep. to the to the tracks and that's how I kind of picked it up. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, initially it was reading charts and I was mm. like, okay. It was all Chinese to me at first. But right. um, I think I just kind of – I knew the tracks, you know, obviously with my family knowing – yeah, uh, not family, but my older brother and my sisters listening to all styles of music. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff was part of their collection. Yeah, so, right. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so some of that Johnny Be Good and all that stuff were kind of easy. Right. I kind of knew it. And and not only that, watching drummers at wedding receptions were playing that stuff. So gotcha. So sort of like gotcha. brought some history. Yeah, I, I just asked that because I, I've spoken to some people where they've played shows where the MD may change something every night. Yeah, and they'll write it on a chart. Sometimes mm. they don't even talk about it. Yeah. So they'll do their do their run through, and the, the MD will go, oh, "I've just added something on page such and such." So you, you have to go and find that change and read it. You know. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be tough. It was yeah. tough. I think there was a couple of moments when they did do that, mm-hmm. but they were kind of self-explanatory. They were kind of like, "Got you know, hit the two here on this, yeah. on that song," and I just you know, to be quite honest, um, I remember Daryl Beaton teaching me that you know. Um, the best way to learn a song is to learn it by the lyrics and if you know the lyrics of a song, you'll know the track and that's how, yeah, I, right. that's how I've kind of taken that and I've learnt songs now and that's right. how I learn songs. I, I listen to the lyrics and I, I know kind of where that phrase is going or what's happening in that, in that pattern. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Some good advice. Yeah. It? it was actually great advice and incredible yeah. player too. So, right. yeah. yeah. Um, did you see yourself as possibly a show drummer? Not at all. Really? <laughs> Not at all. So yeah. sort of how far in did you did you start to think, no, I, I don't want to be doing this? Um, it was actually then and then I, is when I thought, you know what, I, I want to start doing um, more than just bands and playing drums. Um, oh, right, okay. I want to expand out and because there's so much talent out there, but, you know, um, you know, being an agent. It was like something clicked in my head. I, I also want to be an agent. I want to. Mm. I want to put things together. I want to put um, uh, bands together for weddings or people or co- or corporate companies. I want mm. to put uh, floor shows, aerialists together. I want to, mm. you know, get dancers. You know, yeah. so it, that's when it actually started. I remember sitting in Perth and thinking, okay, what else is there? What am I doing? What else can I do to add to what I'm doing? How can I make this a career? You know, and that's how it started happening again. It's like, okay, I'm going to set myself a band. I'm going to start off with a band called Soul Nights. Mm-hmm. And we started doing that, put that band together and, and, and now it's working constantly three, four nights a week and it's, oh, great. And it's doing well. So, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was – everything was a snowball effect, you know. Things were like I've seen a bit of this, I've seen a bit of that, and, you know. Um, am I just – do I just want to play drums and that's it or yep. do I want to manage, yep. you know? And, and I like the managing side of things, you know, so – and booking, you know, so, yeah. Had you seen other people doing it that, that and then you were thinking, oh, I could probably do it a bit better than that? Or I – no, sorry, I won't say better than that. Um, could have done it a, a, a different way? As an agent or as Yeah, a, yeah, or, or, or did you just sort of have this idea that I want to – I want to – Try and try and do all that stuff, and then just give it a crack. I think, I think what it was was I've always had to prove something to Dad that music oh, is right. not just a hobby. Okay, it's it's something that I love, and I need to do it because I want to do it. 
you know, and I want to do it because I love to play. And to, to play, you can't sit at home and think, okay, uh, the phone's going to ring and you're going to get a gig this weekend. You know, so I've kind of tried to always say to myself, if you want that, you've got to go for it and you've got to get it. And that's how I've kind of set this business up. It's like, you know what, I want to work this weekend. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to say, do you guys need a band this weekend? Or you're looking for a band for your event? And that's that's how it's kind of given me the drive. And at the back of my head I've got Dad going, okay, so you're pushing this as a career. This is your life. This is what you want to do. So I've, I've, I've kind of made it as a business now. So, yeah. That's cool. So how long's EP Entertainment been kicking on now? Um, it's between 15 to 20 years now. Right. Yeah. I, was looking, I was looking at the website today. Um, oh, that link's not opening. But, so DJs, MCs, Aboriginal dancers, Brazilian dancers, salsa dancers... African dancers, Bollywood dancers, Caribbean dancers, Polynesian dancers, belly dancers, <laughs> harpists, string quartets, solo classical and Spanish guitarists, fire and light performers, magicians, comedians, aerialists, human statues and even characterists or cartoonists. How do you find these people? Oh, it's... Uh... Well, how do, you, how do you... Do people ring up and ask for that? Or you, you, you say, we can, give you, we can give you any of these things? Um... There was a lot of um, a lot of work behind EP Entertainment. I had to find mm. the acts that that I knew would sell, and the acts that that um, would be appealing to clients. Mm. Um, and there was also people that came to me and said, "I oh, look, I'd love to be on EP, and I'd love to do some stuff with you." Oh, cool. Um, when I got the contract with Dalton House, so Dalton House is a quite large venue, and they asked me to be their preferred supplier, I had to enlarge in the company. It had to be to a point where I wasn't just doing soul nights or I wasn't just doing a band. I had to do other things because a lot of their clients wanted different styles of entertainment. Um, and sometimes I'd, I'd go in the city and I'd see some acts that are on the, you know, on, on the, in, in Darling Harbour, you know, performing outside busking, you know, yeah, and, right. I, and I'd approach them. You know, oh, cool. And say, hey, you guys, oh, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to not do much or just do this. And, you know, I'd take some of them and they'd jump on site and, you know, we'd do some photos and we'd get some, some buyers together. And, and, and then the, the other ones would be, you know, these talented musicians in Sydney not doing anything and saying, jump on, let's, let's see if we can get some work for you, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, it was just a, a, uh, you know, a lot of lot of guys that were willing to come on, and you know, it's been great ever since. Yeah. yeah. What's what's been the biggest challenge? People. People. Yep. Personalities. Yep. Um, That'll always be the case, eh? Forever. Doesn't matter what. Yeah. What era we're in, or. <laughs> yeah, you you're like a father. You're like a counselor. You're like a. You, you know, an agent. You, you're like a mentor. You like everything, and you. And you got to crack the whip like a boss too. Yeah. Then you got that side there where some people don't like that. You know, mm. some people think, oh, you're being too hard, or you know, or you know, that's not nice. But at the end of the day, you know, um, you get paid um, doing what you do, and you have to put your hundred percent in. Mm. And you know, if you don't learn a song or you don't turn up on time. You know, obviously it, it would annoy me as a client but it mm. also annoy me as an agent yeah. and, and I wouldn't like to do that to someone, you know. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, I think that's been the challenging part of being in the industry, I, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Are you able to turn it off when you get home? Or is it is this something that this must be this must be going on all the time. You've got so much stuff going on. You'd be getting calls and emails and Do I turn it off? <laughs> Wish my wife was right here now. <laughs> <laughs> um the frustration frustrating part of things, yes. I, I kind of switch off. Yeah. Um, the thinking on making sure that client is happy and stuff, very hard to switch off because yeah. I'm very passionate and I love what I do. Yep. Um, and I always like to please, you know, I always like to make sure that that person's happy with what they've gotten, you mm. know. Um, and that's the hard part for me. But now that I've got a daughter mm. that's one years old, um, she makes me switch off everything. It's funny what kids can do, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was... Yeah, I used to be very highly strung. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, as soon as I had my first daughter, just that day everything changed. I'm not – that sounds so fucking cliche but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, could, I don't know. People, and people would say it too, you know. Oh, mm. man, you have your first kid, everything would be different. Nah, it won't be any difference, just a kid, you know. Yeah. Just more money I've got to make to feed it, you know. Yeah. Not at all. It's just easy to switch off. You know? Yeah, definitely. She's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Now, um, let's talk about the sort of younger generation of musicians and artists and acts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you find, do you struggle more with the younger people's um, attitudes and ethics or um, are they kind of? Yeah, most definitely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, as I've, I've been brought up with a, with a, a very strict family, mm -hmm. you know, um, punctuality, respect, mm -hmm. um, turning up to work, you know, because I had that, that nine to five job mm -hmm. and um, and I find these days now, you know, some some people like to turn up on time, some people don't want to learn this, some people, um, you know, complain about this and complain about that but at the end of the day, if you love what you do, that's all. That's, that's history, you know, you don't need to worry about that. But, yeah, it's challenging, definitely yeah. challenging. You see young generations, it's all about the hip, the cool, the looking good, but the rest of the stuff sort of like out the window. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I think everyone learns um, by their mistakes and I've learned from my mistakes and, you know, I make mistakes every day and I'm still learning. Mm. And I love to learn. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, once... Once you be in the industry for so long, you you end up learning what's right and what's wrong, you know. And it's a good thing. It's yeah. definitely a good thing. You yeah, know? yeah. But there's so many talented young kids out there, and yeah, they're, yeah, they're sure. all they're all so good. Like the the the, the 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 scene in Sydney is just amazing. I mean, yep. look at that thing that they did for Natasha. I mean, that was just that was mesmerizing. That yeah. stuff on on the voice, and you yep. had all the singers. Yeah. Singing for her, and uh, that, that that was just great. Yep. I just that that really, it that was something really nice to see, mm -hmm. actually see, and and the support that we have because we've got a great tight community. It's they're all fantastic players. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Now, um, what's what's the biggest change you've seen in the industry in the last ten years? The change. <laughs> Too many DJs. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Um, I think the venue scenes 
uh, the, well, the venue itself, um, they're starting to get the bands back again now. Oh, that's cool. Um, but there was a period of time where, you know, DJs were everything and there was – and no disrespect to them because I love DJs. I've got a lot of friends that are DJs. Yeah. Um, but um, nothing beats live music, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, coming to see a band, having a few drinks on a weekend and, and mm-hmm. watching a band, it's it, it's a great thing to have. But, um, you yeah, know, I, I think now bands are coming back and the venues are starting to get more open um, with bands and yep. – Hopefully these lockout laws, you know, stop and we get some more band venues, yeah. So mm. fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the um, the acts you've, you've played with and you've managed and you've also, um, you know, you've um, tour managed yep. some of these acts. Yep. Um, so we've got a bit of a list. Um, now, Roachford. Yeah. Man. One of the first CDs I bought um, when I first came to Australia was Roachford's CD. Man, I love that guy, man. He's awesome. How'd that come about and, and what to what sort of um, – what what was your role with him being here? Uh, a guy named Andrew Pinto started bringing some acts into Sydney and Melbourne. A um, couple of shows at the basement um, and – Obviously, he know, didn't know a lot of musicians in Sydney and, and I got a phone call um, to work for Rassam Patterson, um, an R&B soul singer, and Andrew was bringing some acts in the country and I started playing for Rassam and then he bought Roachford out and only to be with you, lay your love on me, was my brother older brother and my uh, older sister's favourite songs. Awesome. So I knew those songs. Yeah. And I absolutely loved those songs. And um, when I was asked to put a put a band together for him and um, – Oh, he came out by himself. Yeah, he came out by himself and Steve, uh, his brother was the manager. Mm-hmm. So we put put a band together here in Sydney and um, Michael Dolce on guitar, uh, incredible guitar player. Mm. Um we used a bass player from Melbourne, a guy by the name of Nathan, uh, who Andrew Pinto had asked, mm-hmm. and Roachford was playing keys. Okay. So it was just us. And then we had Carmen singing uh, as BVs for some some shows. Um, and so they asked me to tour manage it and just put a band together and we start doing some, some gigs. And unbelievable, like just unbelievable. He... He had soul, he had blues, he, yeah, had, man. he had everything. And his songs, it, they were just so good to play. He was a gentleman of a guy and I loved every moment of it, you know, from the from rehearsals to speaking to him, um, just hanging out with him. It was just, it was, it was good fun, you know. Mm. And uh, one of the last gigs at the basement, um, we had Barnsley come up and Mark Lazot, uh, Diesel come up and... Yeah, it was fun. Actually, I'll never forget that gig. Um, Mr. Michael Dolce, uh, he's, he's amp blue. <laughs> so you had to play the whole gig in the acoustic guitar. It was, um, it was a fun gig actually. But, um, yeah, it was um, a good experience. Yeah. Definitely, definitely good experience. Yeah. Whatever happened to him? Um, he lives in obviously in the UK and yeah. uh, I think he was just doing some shows. Um, he released an album um, – when he came to Sydney, uh, geez, I should know the name, but I've forgotten. Bad memory. But um, 
I'm not too sure what actually happened, how well it went, but mm. um, the support that he had in Sydney was great. Like we, all those shows were packed, so he still had that that fo- that cult following. But um, we haven't spoken to him since. You know, I haven't. Okay. You know, I, I I don't know what he's doing now, but um, I know that they were trying to push this new album. But um, yeah, it's been a long time now that I've been in contact with the guys. So. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a a great gig. Yeah, was that around the time that that album came out, or was uh, no the, the first album? No, no, no. Okay, this is long, long time after. after. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, so probably about uh, nine, ten years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he obviously released those albums a lot longer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it, it was a long time ago. Um. Now, what about Jess Melboy? Beautiful girl. Absolutely beautiful girl, great person to work for. Uh, I ended up being um, her musical director at the time and I, I also was um, her tour manager mm-hmm. and was with her for about five years. Awesome person, just a beautiful soul, sings you know, her ass off like she's, she can sing. Yeah. And she's just a great human being and we had so much fun um, and the band was fun and, you know, things went on and they decided to get a new band, which is all good, and they've got a great band now and Daryl's MDing it and mm-hmm. she's doing really well, you know. I haven't spoken to her for a long time but fantastic singer, mm. great to work with, mm. you know. The gigs were fun, um, you know, she's very creative and, um, yeah, it was a good vibe. Uh, Shannon Noel? <laughs> good old Shannon. Um I have to say his songs were just unreal, mm-hmm. great to play, great, nice, solid rock songs, great guy to work with. Um, to be quite honest, every single person that I've worked with in, in, in that department were just easygoing, you know, and Shannon was just, you know, he was just a blokey, you know, he was just one of us, you know. Mm. Um, you know, we got to go to, to America with him. Um, oh, we cool. went to the Viper, played in Viper Lounge with him. Um we did a, a show at the Gibson launch, which was great. Um, and we did a lot of shows across Sydney, Melbourne, you know, Brisbane and, and toured around the whole of Australia and it was fun. It was really good. His songs, you know, were easy to play but yet, you know, very catchy and, mm. um, yeah, great experience, really good fun. How long after Idol was that? Um, it would have been about I think two and a half, three years after. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I was with him for about, I think it was about a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. good fun. And uh, ended up getting a good endorsement with the Yamaha and Sabian. It was great, oh, you know. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, so, it's always good, that yeah. stuff, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was good bonus. So, yeah. yeah, it was good. Good, Just great songs, you know. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter what I'm doing now to what I did before. It, it, playing with anyone, it doesn't matter if it's just a, a local guy on the street or, yep. you know, a local cover band. You know, it's it's... Everyone's got their, their niche and everyone's good at what they do and it's fun just playing, you know, getting up on stage and playing and, and you know, th- those times, they, they were fun, they were a great experience, you know. Obviously now having a family, I'm, I'm not touring as much and I'm running my business and yep. businesses, I should say, mm-hmm. um, and being a dad. But, um, yeah, I, I, would never, I would never say that I would never do it again but it was, it was a great experience. Yeah. 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 Mm. Cool. Um, who are some of the musicians that inspire you today? Musicians. Um, 
as a drummer or just musicians in general? Either. Prince. Uh-huh. Love Prince. Love Prince. Love love all his songs. I'll shatter when he when he died. Mm. Um, I've always been a Prince fan. All his all his songs. Um, obviously Bon Jovi. <laughs> I lo- love Still, Bon Jovi. Yeah. Even the yeah. new stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the new stuff, but just I loved his sound. This house is not for sale. Oh, mate, I don't, what is that? Yeah. Come on. I don't I think mean, much of that song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, Slippery When Wet. I mean, that, that was. That was killer. That album. was killer, yeah. I was I was at intermediate school yeah. when that came out. I'll never forget it. But, yeah, when that um, that new album came out or that new song. Oh, Have a Nice uh, Day. That album too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, to me, there's some bands that are never quite the same when you take one of the core elements out, and and I always thought Richie Sambora was one the of key. those elements. Yeah. yeah, he was the key. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Bon Jovi is John Bon Jovi, obviously, yeah. and he's got the voice and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I when I'd watch their videos, I always tended to be drawn to him mm. and his harmony and the way he played and. Because he actually um, sang all the high notes. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was actually behind a lot of those, you know, Lay Your Love on Me, Ali, to be with you. Like, yeah. uh, uh, sorry, Lay Your Love. Jeez, I'm talking about Rageford. <laughs> um, living on a prayer. And, yeah, that's and, right. And, yeah. and, you know, dead or alive. Yeah. You know, that's that's him. That, that's that, him. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, you're right about the element. But um, like Beatles, Beatles was, you know, Beatles is another favourite band of mine. And, yeah. You know, great artist and... Motown, you know, Motown. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. I got I got into Motown when I started getting right into bass. Yep. Um, and when I first started getting bass lessons from um, Simon Olsen. Okay, yeah. Yeah, do you know Simon yeah, Olsen? Yeah, Simon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he put me on to uh, a Donny Hathaway album. Unreal. Willie, Willie Weeks playing, playing bass. Yeah. And then... At the lessons too, he started showing me some James Jameson stuff, and I'm like, wow. "Who's James Jameson?" You know? Yeah, and that's when I started getting into him you know, and getting right and right deep into the Motown stuff. Yeah, you know, that's I had always heard it; it's always been on the radio. But yeah. to get deep into that level, having it be the bass, which you know, Jameson was key, man. Yeah, it really, absolutely, was. absolutely. Hey. Donnie, even I mean, Donnie was, you know, Al Green was another favorite, yeah. you yeah. know, artist of mine. There was, I mean, there's so many that. I think now these days you just listen to everything, you know. Uh, it's yeah. it's very hard to pinpoint, you know, who was your favourite act, but uh, artist. But you know, I know Prince was always my standout. It was always in front of me. Okay. It was always, you know, every single song that Prince ever played. I mm. even if it wasn't popular, I'd still like listening to it. You know, so. Right. But um, yeah, there's. I think the more I listen to different musicians and the more I listen to different music, I kind of. Stop saying, oh, this is my favourite now or this is who I just listen to. Mm. You just listen to anything, you know, and, and playing drums for different, uh, you know, with bands and playing with different other bands, you, you kind of had to listen to everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Was there a favourite Prince era? Um, Purple Rain, obviously. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Purple Rain was great. The movie mm. was great too, actually. Mm. I watched it the other day. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that era, I think that era, you know, mm. songs when Cream and all that come out, Doves Cry. Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah, 
I think, what's the name of the drummer before Black Wolf? Um, the, the big uh, guy. He played, uh, he played Cream and yeah. Diamonds and Pearls. Yeah. Jeez, I've gone blank. Michael Bland. Oh, that's yeah, his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Beast. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, he was solid. He had a pocket. He had a pocket. Mm. But um, I still, you know, unfortunately Johnny Zah died, but, you know, but, um, uh, he, yeah, I, I loved his showmanship. I loved how, what he brought to the table, you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, quite sad what happened, but, mm. yeah. Um, any other drummers these days that catch you? What about any of the modern... Modern stuff. Um, I like Questlove and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, Questlove. Um, but I like Sydney drummers as well. Like cool. I love listening, watching Sydney drummers as well. Mm. When I've got the night off, or I can go and watch them. But guys like Buddy, mm. um, he's he's amazing. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Caesar, like great. Yeah, you know, Tyrone. Yeah, they're all, some of these guys are just incredible, man. Like, mm. uh, you know, so, who's Tyrone? Um, uh, a Tongan drummer. Uh, he's Tongan. Yeah. Uh, drummer that plays in the scene. He's just hey, beautiful feel, yeah, great right. person. Yep, beautiful feel. Just I I, I, I I like watching that. You know, it's, that inspires me now too. You know, mm-hmm. it, you don't have to have that popular name or you know I've been playing with all these artists, but you see these guys are just killer players. They live in Sydney and they just play and they can play. Mm. You know, so I think now it's just you like to watch and listen and, and watch anyone that's around now. But uh, yes. Yeah, Warren Trout's another great drummer. Yeah, you know. yeah isn't he? Really good. And Gordy, Gordy's, yep. yeah. I used to watch Gordy a lot, you know. Yep. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot There's a lot of, you know, uh, artists that that I've used to watch a lot. Yeah, but Questlove was another favourite drummer of mine, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Were you listening to him through the root stuff? Roots. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. Because, yeah. you know, being... A fan of production. Yeah. That's something with the Roots music I love. Yeah. It's just their, their production, the sounds that they get and, you know, especially drums, especially drum sounds, kick drum sounds. Yeah. Cymbal sounds. Just fantastic. It, it was yeah. just straight beats that yeah. just just yeah. had had some, some oomph behind it. With, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, the sound was just great, you know. Yeah. But um, who else? Yeah. I, I mean, oh, obviously like um, – um, who was was another good drummer that I used to Virgil, actually. Yeah, I used to love yeah. Virgil. Yeah, uh, not so much now, but I used to love watching him. Yeah, um, uh, I heard Southern Suns are coming out. Oh, wow! And uh, Virgil's coming back to play with oh, them. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, so I wonder which Virgil will come. You know, choppy version or straight? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's um. Yeah, I haven't followed him much these days, but um, yep. but uh, even I remember listening to Vinnie Colaiuta back in the day. Mm. Like, there were so many drummers. Yeah, you know, yeah. Darren Ferrugio. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was just a list there. Yeah. You, you know, Chad Wackerman too. You know, you'd go through all those drummers and you'd you'd listen to them, and then you kind of stop and you, you know, it's just the flavour of the month, I suppose. Mm. You know. So yeah. Mm. Any young up and coming guys that have kind of Caught your eye? Um, Not necessarily drummers, but just just in Sydney. In Sydney, mm. as a band, as an original band, or no, no, just just players, players. Yeah, um, 
like like I said, those guys that yeah. I was mentioning, guys like Buddy and yeah. Tyrone and mm-hmm. Caesar and um, mm-hmm. uh, who else is it? Jose, Jose. Do you know Jose? No. Um, yeah, Jose is an incredible Latin drummer, but also you know great player uh, with all styles. Um, percussionist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, his father was an incredible percussion player. We used to play with many years ago. But uh, yeah, Jose is another favorite drummer of mine. Mm. Yeah, really good. Mm. Inspirational to watch, actually. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chops to burn. You know, and just great, great ability to read to to to, to play the music. You know, and um, yeah, he's he's another favorite drummer of mine. Definitely, mm. definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, a lot of those guys. You know, it's good to watch. Good to see them out there, and good to see that they're playing. You know. Mm. Um, but um, you know, um, Buddy's got an incredible pocket. You know, yeah. and sings yeah. like there's no tomorrow. It's, yeah. That's a gift. Um, yep. And then you've got guys like Jose that, that can play percussion like there's no tomorrow and then play drums like there's no tomorrow. So, you know, the versatility is amazing. Yeah. Know? Do you get inspired or go, oh, oh shit, yeah. man. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Do you still practice? I do now. Oh, I awesome. went back. I had some issues with my wrists um, where I was getting a lot of pins and needles. So oh, for the last six, seven months I've kind of um, had a big effect on my playing um, where it was – it was coming to a point of thinking, okay, what am I doing here? Do I have to stop? But um, mm. uh, I got some couple tunnel issue, but okay, you know, um, and some pins and needles that need to be resolved. But they're getting better. Like on the weekend, I played and it was ten times better for some reason. I don't know what's happened, but mm. maybe the rest helped. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I do get inspired. You know, they, um, the music scene in Sydney inspire me in general. Yep. Um, because it's just good to see, you know, mm. really good to see. Um, so the pins and needles, is that, do you think that's coming from the carpal tunnel or that be a little bit further up your arm? Because I know I, a few years back, um, I tore I tore something in my shoulder and I didn't realise I'd torn something in my shoulder. But it went into my shoulder and went around the back of my arm and pinched some nerves that went all the way down into my fingers. And I thought I had some carpal tunnel problems and I was always stretching my wrist and... Fingers and stuff, and it never, ne- never helped. Went never to my helped. physio, and he goes, "Yeah, it's your shoulder." Oh wow! Yeah, and, he, and when I got a scan, and he had a little tear in my wow, tear in my shoulder. I've got, I've had a, a problem with my shoulder, mm. um, but definitely it is couple tunnel for yeah, me. Right. Um, there's mornings when I wake up and my wife has to hit my hand, you know, to oh shit, take the pins and needle out. But over the last six, seven months, it's been. Quite a a big effect that where I've I've had to cancel a lot of gigs, oh, yeah, a lot of gigs, and right. um, even last minute ones where it's like my hand was that numb, you know I couldn't play. You know, hey buddy, hey Jose, hey Tyrone, quick, can you do this gig? Urgent, mm. Caesar, you know, can you do this gig? Mm. So there's been you know um, a few gigs where it was just last minute, um, but over the weekend it seemed like it was getting better. However, you know I've still got a Get it done, you know. There's definitely right. it's definitely couple tunnel, yeah. Right, definitely, okay. yeah, yeah. Pain in the backside, but you know, yeah. My old man had his couple tunnels fixed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, you know. Um, if I'm not working, something will happen to me. I'll catch a flu. You know, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> that I have to work. You know, yeah. I have to do something. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what will happen when I do do it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's going to be um. Very hard to swallow when you're not doing nothing. I know so. what you mean by that because this winter has been crazy. I've, you know, been, been doing all this and working as well and then coaching both my girls' 
different yeah. grades of soccer. Yeah. So it's just been awesome. full on. And then last week, soccer finished. So I got to sort of <laughs> calm down a little bit. And oh, I was wow. sick. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I had a cold and I was trying to record the interview to, to the last uh, – not – the last one, but the one before. Wow. And I was a bit crook and I had oh. to keep redoing it because I'm coughing and sneezing. And, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it happens, eh? Hey? Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah. I think all men go through that phase where they're, if, they're not, if they're not working, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I think it's, it's our gene. We have to do something, I mm. suppose. Yeah. But, um, yeah, qu- quite um, – I remember going actually on our honeymoon and it was the first time I was away from the office, you know. Mm. And um, it was very hard for me to not sit in the office. It's just I, I always bring back the the way I've been brought up. You know, Dad's always said you got to work, you got to work, you got to work, you got to work. So I think the time that I had off, mm. you know, it's like okay, I don't feel normal here. What am I doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing. But mm. <laughs> are you are you a control freak? Um. <laughs> Should, I, should ask the band. That was a bit, that was a bit harsh. <laughs> you control for it. No, you know what I mean. Eh? Do you um, like to? Oh, look. Do you micromanage? Um, maybe many years ago, where I used to micromanage a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say control freak, but I yep. just I don't like to let anyone down. So I'd like to make sure it's done right. So gotcha. yeah, I would say yeah, a little bit. You know. More placid these days uh, yeah, yeah. compared to yeah. what I was maybe, you know, like if you're late, you know, I would be so upset. But, um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, if you'd ask my wife, she'd say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I, I think there's an element there. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't say control, I'd say more perfectionist. Perfectionist, yeah, yeah okay. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. That's better. Yeah. Yeah, because, it, yeah, it's definitely two sides, eh? Yeah. You're either control freak or perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. Perfectionist, I think, can s- s- sit back afar, but yeah. control freak needs to be into everything, eh? Yeah, my wife reckons I've got OCD. Everything has to be perfect and clean and, Yeah, know. right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I drive her mad, man, but, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, how's the coffee shop going? It's fun. It's good. Okay. Um, it's quite tiring, you know, obviously. So what sort of hours? Well, at the moment I'm getting there between 4, 4.30 in the morning. Okay. And I try and get there at least three, four days a week, at least at least three days. And then I run my entertainment company and that's full on. So, you know, um, if I'm at the shop during the day and I finish, say, at 3, 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock, then I'm straight in the office till 11, 12 at night. Oh shit! Yeah, so I'm I'm doing that every night. So I, I meet you know up to five to seven brides a week, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm always on the phone with clients, and I'm I'm doing emailing worksheets and mm-hmm. quoting, and you know. Why, why we're here, Emilio gave me a checklist, and I'm emailing <laughs> clients while we're talking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I should check my phone, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard your phone go a couple of times. Yeah. My, mine's gone a couple of times oh, too. How, oh, wow. how professional of us. Yeah, I know. We should have turned it off, eh? Yeah, it's all good. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite hectic. And, you know, it's um, – you know, I feel bad for my wife. You know, she's um, looking after Bubba and we've got a new one coming. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, look, I, I try to spend some time with with them, but it, it's just really hard. It's just full on, you know. So much going on. Um, sometimes people say, "Why don't you employ someone?" But you know, a lot of the, the clients like to come and see me. You know, right. I've had staff, and it was just 
it wasn't worth it. You know, they 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 rather come and sit down with you and and you know you're the owner. You know, let's let right. me let me hear it from you. You know, I so, think some industries it kind of needs to be like that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is not a good thing because um, you don't really have time off. Mm. Um, but I promise my wife will go away one day. <laughs> one day. I don't know when. Did you cap it at that? <laughs> I just said one day. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a workaholic. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, what what does a day at the shop actually involve? So you've got to get there at four in the morning. So I get there between four four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Um, we set the shop up. We start making all the sandwiches. Okay. Um, we prep any food like pastas that are going to be made. So you're doing that as well. You're yeah. Doing the, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's uh, myself and Kathy, um, who's there a few days a week, but mm-hmm. um, you know, preparing meatballs, preparing schnitzel, okay, um, pastas. If it's not gear, it's 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 actually a hole in the wall. You should come down. It's yeah. It's as big as this room, I suppose. Um, it's oh, quite, really? It's okay. quite small. Okay. You can't actually sit inside. There's a couple of tables outside, and it's just a a small espresso bar. But okay. what we've created is like a a laneway Melbourne-ish style cafe. Oh, awesome. And um, it's cool, you know. We do great coffee and I'm behind the machine and if I'm not behind the machine, I'm making sandwiches and mm-hmm. we basically make them every morning and we just, you know, come 6.30, 7 o'clock, you know, they're ready to grab their coffees, their caps and flat whites and their mixed soy and almond and all that. Mm. But, no, it's good. It's a good vibe. Is there much you change? During the week, or is it kind of set menu type thing? I'm oh. just seeing. I'm just trying to work out how it sort of um, all comes together with your, because the entertainment thing's completely different animal, isn't it? How does it come? To, <laughs> I tell you what, what. I'm a people's person. I love interacting. I love meeting people. I yep. love talking. Yep. I love to hang out with people. It's good fun. Um, but I've always loved coffee and I've always loved an espresso bar. It was always a dream as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was it was something that I liked because, you know, I like being behind the machine. I like making coffee and it actually takes away what I, I love as well and that's playing music. But it actually gives me a bit of a rest. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and I'm not dealing with the business side. I'm just making coffee and making sandwiches. Yeah, that's you know? cool. Yep. And my wife looks after the business side of this, okay. which is great. Right, you know, so um, yeah, it, it's it's it kind of relaxed me to be quite That's honest. Cool, yeah, 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 it sure does. Mm. <laughs> Even though I'm tired, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, maybe employ someone at your shop man, give yourself a bit of a break. Yeah. yeah, we've got a couple of girls now that have started. Um, there's another one starting a couple of weeks, and I'm gonna have you know, I won't be more involved than what what I am now. You know, obviously I can take a couple of days off. Um. I'm already taking a couple of days, but I can pull back even more mm. um, and just concentrate on the EP stuff, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, with the EP stuff, do you have – is there a peak time of year for you? Um, it's we- been – Wedding it's, wedding season? Yeah. It's been quite lucky because cause of Soul Nights, they're a really great band and, you know, the, the musicians Yao and Benny and Maybell and, and Jamie and Leroy, they're just it's – it's been a great tight unit and because um, of their hard work, you know, we've we've created something and it, it's been good and we, we're getting a lot of corporates and a lot of events. So mm. it hasn't been slow for us at all, touch wood, which has been great, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm very happy and that's something that I wanted for us so we can be consistent. Awesome. And um, – but 
overall with the other side of, you know, the, the, the aerialist and floor shows and stuff like that, mm. that's been a bit quiet and that seems to be seasonal. But with the bands, I think, you know, you, you sort of like divvy up. You've got your, your venues and then you've got your, your, your corporates. And so when it's slower, you go and do your venues. When it's peak, you obviously do your corporate. So it's, mm. it's in between, you know, so it's pretty good, you know. Mm. Yeah. Now, how does some – the human statue. So like do you, do you sell that as a human we, – we have human statues or do you actually get people that come up and go – can you provide me a human statue? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> for example, uh, we did a thing for Coca-Cola a few weeks ago and they wanted a human statue. Just, yeah. It, to me, obviously, it, what is it? It's just someone, you know, dressed in a statue and it's just a gimmick. It's a look and, you know, they, they wanted to do something in that, that, that theme and they wanted some human statues, you know. Right. Um, is it a big seller? Is it something that happens? At, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, you might get two in in two years or. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, it's not a a popular, popular thing. You know, we're right. we're an aerialist or, um, some acro floor shows or some dances. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. Mm. Yeah. Um, apart from the band, what's the biggest seller? The dancers. The dancers. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Hip hop, street. Um. Not so much Brazilian, but the hip hop and street dancers are quite popular. Right, mm. that's cool. Yeah, through all age groups. Um, there's a group called the Incognitos that uh, Incognito that a, a good friend of mine, Richards, um, put together, and they're basically waiters, and um, they go around on the table. So, for example, you're getting married, they go around the table and they're pouring water on everyone's table as, as a normal waiter would, and then all of a sudden they they drop some cutlery, <laughs> and they're hidden as waiters and they break into these routines, the hip-hop and street and oh, all choreographed. Wicked. And it's and that's one of my biggest sellers, to be quite honest. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's actually a good little show. Great. I had them at my wedding. So they were oh, good. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're popular and um, uh, what else is there? The burlesque dancers, quite right. popular. Um, um, the burlesque in the, in, the, in the champagne flute, it's quite popular. Yeah. Um, We've got some spheres where, yeah, uh, basic it's a big balloon um, and you've got people doing some ballerining inside as yep. an acro inside a big balloon. Right. And it happens in corporates, which is great. Um, but, you know, the, the aim is to push the band, you know. That's, yeah, okay. that's the That's the priority, you know. Yep. Soul Nights, all the band is yep. the priority, so. Did you plan your wedding? Yeah, I got up. Sweet As was the band. No, did you plan your wedding? Oh, I planned it, yes. Right. So were you working working on your wedding day? Ooh, this is a touchy one. <laughs> My wife thought I was a, a, a bridezilla or a groomzilla. <laughs> She'll laugh at this, but um, I don't think she had any say on anything. <laughs> no, yeah, right. besides the dress. No, sorry, right. no. But, um, yeah, I plan. I, I Actually, I controlled that. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Did I you was... get to relax on your wedding day but no? Um, <laughs> do you know what I did at 11 o'clock when everyone was partying and that? It was so, um, it was fun. It was great. But, yeah, like obviously being in the industry, you know, the florist and the high car guys and right. they're all friends of mine, you know, okay. and and my poor wife's like, oh, you've already booked that? Yeah, I've done that. You, you, yeah, you've <laughs> done that. Yep, yeah, I've done that. So, yeah, it was, it was a great day, great day. But, yeah, I controlled that. You controlled that day. <laughs> nice one. Perfectionist. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. yeah, I loved nice, it. Loved nice it. 
Um, but we did we did have sweet as there, which was great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so they were good fun. Yep. Awesome. All right, man. So what's the next twelve months? Is the book full? At the moment, yeah. That's cool. Moment, yeah, we got um, a fair few weddings next year booked mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year seems to be very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um. It, it kind of works as a six-month bracket as well. So, you know, um, people that are booking now will be booking for January, February, March. Um, and, you know, in January they'll book for, you know, the October, September dates, you know. So, okay, gotcha. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's looking good. It's quite positive. Um, and I'm working quite hard to make it work, um, even though sometimes the industry can be slow. Mm. Uh, and it can be up and down, mm. you, you really got to put the effort in. Got to be proactive. Yeah, yep. definitely. You always mm. got to chase venues. You always got to chase people, mm. chase quotes, you know. Um, and, and that can be frustrating too at times, you know. You, you send them a quote and you spend hours and then yeah. don't hear from mums and then you send, okay, what's happened? Uh, oh, no, we we found someone else, you know. So that's where you've got to kind of bite your tongue and go, okay, that's how they've dealt with it. You've just got to move on, you know. So yep. That's the frustrating bit, mm. you know. And what about competition? You got much competition? Oh, there's heaps of great bands out there. Yeah, you know, heaps of great bands. Um, yep. Um, and and you know what? They they're all all learning. Like talking about young guys, yeah, they're all learning, and they they're doing what I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. They're doing what you know. I'm sure you were doing what uh, what you were doing when you were younger. But so there's yeah, there is a lot of competition, a lot of bands, you know. Um. That can only be good for our scene, you know. I reckon so. Mm. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I think we all need to set the benchmark. We make sure that we're all pricing accordingly. You know, we're not mm. underdoing and, and going too low because a lot of that going on. Eh? Oh, absolutely. It's it's it happens all the time. You know, you you get people calling you saying, oh, "I got that band for that much." Oh, okay. How'd you get that? You know, um, we're doing five sets. Oh, okay. How'd you get that? You know, it's so you've got to you've got to kind of say, okay, well, that's that band. This is what we charge, or this is what we do. You know, so you kind of got to sell your product and and know that your product is good. Yeah, and and you believe in it, then there's, then there's no problem. If yeah, you don't believe good. in your product, then you just you know, it's just um, it's day to day. That's day right. by day, it's exactly. not playing the long game, eh? Exactly. Yep. You know, mm. and it's the same thing at the coffee shop. If you don't believe in your coffee and your product, mm. then you know, then they can feel it, and they're going to go, "Well, he doesn't feel that that coffee's right. Well, why would I want to go there?" You know. Yeah, yep. So yeah, you definitely have to have that confidence, even if you're not confident about it. Mm. You just got to be confident about it. So yeah, it's all looking good. Yeah, baby, baby on the way, and yeah, baby boy. Exciting times. It is. Yep. It's going to be a handful, but I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it's um, another new journey. I suppose. Oh, two's good, man. Yeah, yeah. you got two, right? Yeah. yeah. You wait till they start interacting with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the fun that's, part. That's cool. And then you can get to the point where they just go and play, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Actually, cool. My, good times. My wife said to me the other day, "I said, how many kids do you want?" I said, "Oh, honey, I want to create a band." Said, <laughs> what do you mean? I said, "Well." Once you've got a band, then we're fine. Yeah. She goes, so what? You want more than two? I said, it's whatever happens, darling. Whatever happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. You never know. But um, it's always good to have a family, you know. Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's a blessing to have kids. Yeah, they're amazing to 
yeah, even to watch them, even Sophia, you just watch her talk a little bit, you know, and yep. call your dad, you know, mm. even if it's two in the morning, dad, 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 you know, <laughs> you got to wake up and you got to go and get her, you know, That's so. It. Yeah, it's 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 a good thing. Yeah, you know, but um, you know, funny. I, we we bought her a little piano the other day. <laughs> She's jumping on this little piano, and do you like the piano? She's shaking her head. So you know, it's good. You know, you that's cool. You hope that um, you can inspire the the kids to to play music as well. And yeah, you know, I, I always say that. You know, it's always a good thing to to play an instrument. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got, I mean, as you can see, yeah. instruments all around here, but also upstairs, a piano, and there's guitars and wow. ukuleles and, you know, drums. There's always stuff there for them just to pick up and play. And um, Do they play? Do they get up and play? Uh, sometimes they do. Um, they're both very coordinated, very melodic. Wow. wow. So in time, you know, hopefully wow. it happens. But my daughter found this, um, it's like a, you know, it's like a Akai MPC yeah. app on her iPad. Yeah. So she's getting into the tapping grooves wow. and the sounds on the pads. On the pads, great. Oh man, she's doing so well with it the other day. That's she records awesome. them and that's great. You know, See what she I mean? Gets, she gets these like these um, eight bar patterns mm. and they're in her head. Wow. And then she she'll just do the pattern and, and you know always come back to that. That, that next pad. Oh, and, wow. So, yeah, that's a... See, that's a, a, a pick-up off Dad. And, totally, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. that's so I, that's inspiration. You know, I love that totally, stuff. yeah. Yeah. And um, so how old is your daughter? Uh, she's nine. She's nine, yep. wow. And that's my great. youngest is seven. That's awesome. Um, last year, I think it was, we went to this... Um, they called it a music exploration wow. night at this new music shop that's opened up in North Parramatta. At North Parramatta? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, they got to sit down and... Play on the drums, play on the uh, piano, and yeah, I, I just—they've—I they've, I think they've got bit of gene there. Yeah, I think I think so, but we just—we're not pushing it. Yeah, you know? we say to them, "Do you want to learn? You want to learn piano this yeah. term or nah? Yeah, nah. It's good because even Dad, he 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 tells my wife all the time. I so is he still playing drums? And my wife's yeah, yeah. So. Is he doing okay? <laughs> like it's, you know, I think he's, um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, going to scar my wife now. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it's good to have kids playing music. Totally. You know, I wish, you know, Dad was very supportive when I was younger because I think, um, you know, any kid that's out there, doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, do what you love and go and do it. That's, that's, mm. that's how I see it, you know. So, yeah. That's great. Interesting. It is. <laughs> Um, Emilio Pineda, thanks so much, man, for being on the Gig Life podcast. Thank you for hanging having out me. with me today, and and um, yeah, it was really cool, man. Well, thank you, Steve. It's um, it's a pleasure and and an honour. You know, I really love this stuff, and it's uh, yeah, it's great what you're doing. Thank it you, really man. is. Yeah, good on you. And I'll be I'll be down for a coffee. Yeah, anytime yeah. you want. <laughs> Always open for you, mate. Sweet as bro. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. All right, thank Later. you.